Hello, I'm Toby Haydock. Who is he and why am I talking to him about Doctor Who? I don't ask him in this one, and I didn't do that to my guest in the last one either, which is peculiar as I'm so OCD, I sort of like everything to be the same. Uh, We're going through a slightly odd period. This is the equivalent of season seven, so the last podcast uh, should be called Doctor Who and Toby Haydock's Who's Round, Uh, and this one is Toby Haydock. Who's round? Um, uh, but the reasons are too dull to go into, but I thought I'd flag it up. Um, so I'll have to tell you that he is Philip Voss this time round. And I'm talking to him about Doctor Who because he played Wahed in The Dominators and before that Akamat in Marco Polo. Enjoy this fine gentleman of the theatre talking about Doctor Who and other animals. Um, so, well, thank you. Do, do you often get uh, uh, harangued about Doctor Who? More than any other thing I've ever done. I know. Uh, well, can I apologise on behalf of Doctor oh, Who? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. No, 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 it's just, you know, the fans, the things they come to the stage door, they write for um, photographs, as if I had any. <laughs> yes. Yes, and I, I mean, I always, I always have this theory, which was disproved a, a couple of years ago, actually, when I uh, worked with him, that Ronald Pickup must hate Doctor Who because he was in it the same year as you, and he did one episode that doesn't exist anymore. And I suspect even when he plays King Lear at the National Theatre, there will be more people asking him about being in it's Doctor Who. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Do you, yeah. Can well, you? They did a mock-up, didn't they? Oh, copy uh, well, I can send you a copy if you like. Um, oh, that would be lovely. Yeah. So it was a relatively early telly for you, wasn't it? Yes. I, what you, in the 60s, wasn't it, it? It was 64, yeah. It was the first season it, of yes. Doctor Who. Yes, it was, with Warren Hussain. Yes, who I've also talked to, actually. He, uh, he considers it one of the best things he ever did. It's a great cast, actually. You've got Darren Nesbitt and Mark Eden. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, of course, William Hartnell as Doctor Who. Do you remember him? Absolutely. Well, yes, I do I remember it quite well, obviously. I didn't think I'd done many televisions before that. Uh, and we rehearsed in Latimer Road in another, in another school. And I remember that Darren Nesbitt used to play games to keep us all amused and occupied. Truth games and things like that, and and um, I remember William Hartnell very well. But he was he kept himself to himself. 
you think he was a good actor? Yes, I do. Very much. I think he was an excellent actor. Again, he was ahead of his time, really, because he didn't go over the top, did he? It was all well thought out. Um, no, I do. In fact, I think he's one of the best doctors <laughs> of the early lot that there was. And, of course, a, a character actor is always at his best when he can display versatility, but I suspect you wouldn't get cast as a Mongol... Uh, bandit nowadays. Did you well, have, did you have to apply sticky tape? It, well, it was torture <laughs> because um, it, it was torture on many levels. Some of this isn't of interest to uh, the public, but I was yeah, very young and very poor, and I had no money, and so it was very, I could hardly afford to eat. And and I had on a, a looked stomach. I had on a, this dark Mongol wig. But worst of all, they, they had gauze things attached to my temples, pulled around and, and tied behind my head, so that my eyes were sort of made to look more like slits. And I had spent the whole time in the studio not being fed and in agony uh, with, this, uh, with this particular makeup. I have to say, I looked amazing. But no, I wouldn't be cast now, would I? <laughs> And and uh, I mean, your uh, the very early days of Doctor Who was there was there any inkling that this would go on to be something a special and b that would haunt you for the rest of time? <laughs> Not the last. I think we all knew it was good. I mean, it was still it was very popular even then. So, so what, what, what do you think its secret is? Well, it, well it's adventure, isn't it? I mean, it's, it just appeals uh, to, the, to, the, to the child and all of us, really, and, and to children at that time. I mean, it has... It has and they've, they've been clever, haven't they, with um, Russell Davis and so on, and they've, they've moved with the times, and, and it's changed. And, the, and they've, they've always had something they've excited, like... And it was also, it strikes me, and I may be right, that, that at the time, in the, those early 60s, it was the show that the old guard didn't particularly want to work on. So you had the pioneering young Turks, you had a female producer, Waris Hussain yes. was a, was a, was a gay right. director yeah. of Indian descent. Uh, yes. I remember, uh, Patrick, uh, yes, I didn't think it, uh, it would have been beneath them. I don't think William Hartnell did, I, I wouldn't know, but I don't think he did. But I think later on, yes, I think they thought it was a bit beneath them <laughs> to do it. Uh, but then later on, I mean, because I did another one with Maurice Barry, but by then it was quite established. And, uh, um, but, but that was still black and white, wasn't it, I think? It was, yes, that was The Dominators. That was in Patrick Jenkins' yeah. uh, last series. And you'll be pleased to know I've written a book with a friend of mine called Rob Shearman, who's a, a, a noted playwright, who was also a Doctor Who fan, and we spent the whole of 2009 watching every single episode of Doctor Who in chronological order. Um, uh, and when it gets to your episode of The Dominators, Rob, um, who is of good stock, spends the whole uh, of his entry praising your performance uh, in episode one of The Dominators, yes. Um, so even though it's a, it's a, you get killed relatively early on. Very early on, yes. Yeah. 
but you get. Yeah. But it was not a bad. Well, again, I get a lot of uh, fan mail for that. Well, and I, it, it dried up a little, but I used to get an awful lot for that. Um, it was that's remarkable, isn't it? Because sometimes I see it because there's little bits on gold or something, and I can't recognise myself. This blonde hair, uh, looking terribly young. Not a bad engagement, though, because um, you get to do film, which is uh, always a little bit of extra money, I think, wasn't it? That you... Well, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, do I still get paid? Or do I get paid for it anymore? I'm not sure. Oh, I would hope you do, because it came out on DVD a couple of years ago, so I would hope you still get the really? royalty check. Yeah. Oh, I have check, but I don't know whether I do. No. Um, and how would you compare your two directors? Because Maurice Barry was very much old school, whereas Warris Hussain was um, a, a, a very much you know, at the start of his career. Yeah. Um, I, well, yes, well, you summed it up, really, because um, when Morris Burley went on to be a BBC producer, didn't he, uh, later on, he, and he was uh, much stricter uh, than Morris, because Morris was terribly young when he did that. And I, we, we were all, it was all very friendly and... Uh, as I say, we had a great deal of fun doing it. I remember that the um, Dominators was a much stricter affair. Um, yes, it was, it was much more old school. And if you don't... Have you spoken to Arthur Cox, who was also in it? I, I have. Well, because I did the... Um, one of the things I do is that when they do the DVD commentaries, um, I sort of chair them, I, I moderate them. And um, Arthur... Um, was on that, and then for some reason I keep bumping into him on the Piccadilly line when he's been to the because th- I, I do a I do a regular comedy night on uh, in Leicester Square on a Wednesday, and that seems to be the day that he goes to the theatre. So uh, I, I quite often bump into him and have a chat. But he t- he told me last time I saw him that he's he's just pretty much retired now. Um, well, I, I haven't seen him for ages, but I gather he's got arthritis or something. Yeah, that's right. But he did. He's one of those um, rare actors that he did Doctor Who back in the day, but he also um, appeared in uh, one of the latest series as well. So I think Doctor Who with Matt Smith might have been his last job. So, uh, uh, really? Yeah. So a nice well, symmetry. Well, we, we were the greatest friends in the 60s. We, we, we did a lot of work together. Uh, we, 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 yeah, huge work, of course. Um, we did work together uh, in, in the 90s, yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, no, no well, I, yeah, I was wondering if you remembered more than I do. That's, that's all. But uh, if you speak to it, you would know. Well, what, yes, what, and what happens with the DVDs is that everyone walks in and says, I, you know, I don't remember anything, but as soon as it starts playing out... And, um, you know, people have worked, as, as you've just alluded to, people have worked with actors on other jobs, so then they can talk about them, you know, from, from other things yeah. that they've done. Uh, did you, yeah. uh, you... Patrick Troughton wasn't in any of your scenes, but did you encounter him? Oh, yes, yes, yes. And I also used to do, as you probably later, radio work with him when he was no longer uh, Doctor Who. So I, I get, the, get the experiences a bit confused. Sure. Um, but, uh, yes, no, I, you know, he wasn't in any of the scenes, but I do remember him, yes. And he, I mean, he was... Well, he was a working actor, wasn't he? I mean, he filled his hours with work. Um, he, he strikes me very much as, as an actor's actor as well. Actors seem to like Patrick Troughton. Well, he, he was a grafter. Um, he did everything. 
Well, you know why that was, though, don't you? It's because he had he, he was sustaining at least two families at the same time. Yes, well, I, I, I didn't know at the time, but I have since learned <laughs> yes. that he had to earn, earn an awful lot of money yes. to keep his private life going. Yes. Uh, and so uh, uh, one of the reasons I'm keen to talk to you, actually, is, is beyond Doctor Who, because Doctor Who fans can be very blinkered, as I alluded to before, with, with Ronald Pickup. And I suspect if if I said to most Doctor Who fans, uh, which Doctor Who actor from the 60s do you think has played um, Prospero for the Royal Shakespeare Company and Shylock and all of these things, that they wouldn't pick a man who was in, you know, didn't even survive uh, the entire episodes of the stories he was in. So you've had quite a journey as an actor. Oh, yes, yes. And so where, where did that begin? Um, what, what, what was the inspiration to, to, to pursue that path? <laughs> and so, so I did everything. I mean, then I was I was for years in rep, uh, weekly rep and fortnightly rep and monthly rep, and it got bigger and grander until about. Um, and then in the seventies, I did a bit of West End and stuff, uh, but it was still rep. And and uh, but by I knew I had to sort of change really, and by sheer good luck. I was asked to join a company called Shared Experience, which was directed by Mike Alfreds. And he he just changed my whole attitude to acting and probably taught me how to act, really. Uh, and, and everything, like, this was right at the beginning of the 80s, and everything turned around. And suddenly I began to have some success, um, first with him, and then he took me to the National. So then I had some success there, and as a result of that, I went to the RSC under Adrian Noble. And the past got better and better, and it was the most wonderful ten years of my life. And that that finished with Prospero in two thousand and one. And then from then on, I you know I've, I've just I've been to America and, and worked there. I've worked a lot with Peter Hall, but it all started really uh, with Mike Alfred in in the early eighties, and I got out of that that uh, routine of. Yeah, yeah, no, indeed, and I, I mean, you've um, you've you played Jaquees in America for Peter Hall. And... I did, yes, for Peter Hall for two years, um, and that, I mean, and then because I was just having a, a great time, really, going to America and and, uh, and seeing those cities called Boston, which is just this appalling thing. I, we played Boston uh, for a month, so I know I know all the streets there where this terrible thing has happened. So those ten years were tremendous in the noughties, as they were. But now I have, well, just now, I say I've stopped. I've just completed, um, not a large part, in Vicious, with um, Ian McKellen and Derek Jacobin. Oh, wonderful. Which which goes out next, uh, starts to go out next Monday. Yes, there's a lot of uh, hope for that. Um, Do you think it's going to be a hit? I can't, you, you can't tell that. The first one got a standing ovation in the studio, as indeed did the last one. And uh, the laughter was really amazing. But it is very gay and it's, it's very camp, so who, who can, I, I can't wait to see what the reaction will be. I'm told the previews have gone terribly well, uh, but you, you can't tell whether 
Be the uh, test, indeed. Yes. Um, yes. But it, it did in the studio. It, it went tremendously well. But that's no proof, is it? <laughs> well, and in terms of television, uh, one, uh, funny enough, one of the other people I interviewed very recently who was wonderful um, was uh, John Gorry, who you worked for in Elizabeth R. Um, well, I get money for that as well, still. Yeah, well, it's that's, I mean, I think that's uh, considered a bona fide TV classic. Uh, yes. Yes, but say it's extraordinary. I mean, I was terribly young then. Yes. I that. But I always, I always feel funny about that one because I don't, I didn't until I was much older. I didn't realise the significance of the moment in the play. So that I always feel a bit odd about that. I don't. I hope you don't know what you watch. But um, that it was a political thing for for Elizabeth. Um, partly by at that time. So I, this money comes, it's a small amount of money, and I always feel a bit guilty about it. You always feel guilty. Uh, in fact, I think I may be, I think John Gorry actually directed you in Lily, wasn't it? It was Roderick Graham who did uh, Yes, it was. Yes, that. yes, that's right, Garth, I played, that's right, you did. Because it, it, was it Roderick Graham that did. Uh, yeah, Roderick Graham did Elizabeth R., yes. that's right, yeah. Who, John Gorry? Yeah. Uh, jo- he's he's teaching. When I interviewed him, we we had to stop after two hours of in very interesting chat because he had a young drama student coming round. He he, I think he gives help and advice. He's retired, you know, but he gives um, he, he keeps his hand in by giving help and advice to um, aspiring actors and things. He was he was very welcoming to me. Brilliant. He had a wonderful career, didn't he? Yes, a very good career. No, he was um, he was very very busy in the set. He did one. He did a Doctor Who about a month or two after yours, and it was the only one that he did because he didn't want to do Doctor Who. He wanted to do plays, but he had to do as he was told. Um, but he he couldn't have been happier. And we talked about all sorts of things, and and because he wrote a lot of the stuff that he did as well. Um, but no, he seems very content, very content with uh, what he's done. Yes, I remember him because I, you know, I played Edward Carson and, and uh, I was doing it in quite a, probably, well, obviously dreadful Irish accent, and, and which he encouraged. You know, and then right at the last minute he said, now stop it, no, don't do the accent at all, and let's see what's left, which was brilliant. Oh, and good. there was just a sort of cadence left. Uh, but I thought, I remember that. I think that was absolutely wonderful instruction. Well, and of course, that's the benefit of um, making television in a way that it is really made now, is that you would have rehearsed for a week yeah. or so and then recorded in the studio, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yes, well, I, missed, I personally missed that. Because I, at the Fourth and Fishers, we did rehearse, and, uh, which is wonderful. Um, but yes, I'm not very good at turning up, having learned my lines, and then meeting who you're playing with and then shooting it. Sure, which is m- more like film, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, and of which of all the films to be in, The Four Weddings and a Funeral's not a bad one. How about that? <laughs> but sadly, like all the fathers, we were all cut, really, we were cut to ribbons. But that was a wonderful experience, um, because it was brilliant weather when we filmed it. I knew it was just kept 
Uh, uh, well, yes, of course, Elspeth Gray has just died. Yes. Just played, played my wife. She, she, I mean, she had less to do than I did. She included in her um, credits. Extraordinary. So, did you originally have more and it ended up um, being snipped out? Yes, it did. Yes, he wrote, Mike Newell wrote a letter saying, I'm telling you. They, they, they previewed it in America. And, and they, I think they cut out 45 minutes. Anyway, a huge amount went. I mean, they, they had these comments from the audience. And they cut a tremendous amount. I remember Corinne Redgrave was terribly upset that he lost an awful lot. No, he wrote, I didn't, it was never a huge part of it. it was, there was some lovely lines. Well, you would think now that that sort of thing would be made for DVD and that DVDs like uh, containing, you know, extra yeah. scenes and things. So who, who, would you, who, who would you say on... Because uh, we mentioned a lot of the directors that you've worked for on, on the stage. Um, who, who are, uh, what, what is it about the, the great directors that... Um, and you mentioned you became a better actor because of uh, a director. What is, it, what, is, what, what is the approach that they have to bring the best out of an actor? Makes absolute sense. So, in in applying all of that, what what have the what have the jobs been that you've done that have left you the most satisfied? Well, I have to. It would be non PC. My streets ahead is Shylock. I absolutely love that. Um, yeah, that, that that gave me an unbelievable amount of pleasure. I just loved it. But then, early before this time, I'm talking. Keen. I worked with Alan Bedell. And, and uh, played the second lead to him. 
and he was funnily enough one of the people that started me realizing there was something else to acting that just to you know looking good when you walked on he would say what do you want um when you walked on so i learned that that was a fabulous experience working with him and that was in 1971 so uh, that's going going right back but of my own work um and in It's an interesting contrast talking to you uh, uh, with the RSC because you, uh, you know, you, you, you graduated to playing, you know, lead parts. A couple of other actors I've spoken to in this, this project and were both people that um, understudied at the RSC to great acclaim and actually ended up going on and um, then didn't get offered much um, after that, whereas they seem to, you seem to have been looked after very well and, and, and um, prospered under... Uh, the RSC, so it's a very different experience. Yes, well, I'd been a walk on in uh, the RSC uh, uh, in 1960 under Peter Hall, um, and that was, a, that was a dreadful experience. So when I was asked to go back in uh, 1990, I knew that you had Polo is 50 years next year, um, so that means you've been acting for more than 50 years. So, um, what's your advice to a young actor starting out now? Do you have any unfulfilled ambitions?
have a chosen charity because if I put if I put this out on the internet the, the, the as you know the listeners uh, don't pay so uh, we ask them to donate to a charity yes well the, my charity is WSPA the World Society for the Protection of Animals um, WSPA um, and do you do you, ha- do you have a message to the listening Doctor Who fans out there on Doctor Who's 50th anniversary year <laughs> well what do I say just keep watching <laughs> Oh, well, look, I hope, yeah. that, I, I hope that was okay for you. I'm, I'm really thrilled that you agreed to do this. I'm very grateful. Oh, you're so I have material for you. Oh. Good luck with the project. Plenty, plenty. And wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Lovely, lovely yeah. Great to talk to you. Thanks very much. Thanks to Mr. Voss, whose charity is WSPA, W-S-P-A dot org dot U-K. Give if you can. Thank you. Uh, Treat in store for the next one. Uh, A number of interviewees, most of whom haven't been interviewed before. One who helps us with something non-canonical, but that's a bit of fun anyway. And one of whom... uh, uh, is a slightly less peripheral figure than many that I've interviewed. So it's a bit of a mishmash next time, but good fun. So uh, tune into that one. Amy, something terrible's happening in this hospital. Well, let me guess. A series of unexplained deaths? Bodies coming in clawed, skinned, punctured, burned... Delete as applicable? No, that's just it. It's quite the opposite. There's been a series of unexplained livings. Dark Shadows, The Happier Dead. Staking vampires? Sending demons back to hell? It could be our thing. Our thing? Every couple has a thing. Yeah, like bowling or roller discos. Well, I'm not doing those things. There's someone I want you to meet. (coughs) And who wants to meet you? Amy, this is Edwin Beadle. Hi. Edwin and I got to talking. I mentioned you. Wouldn't stop. What you did. And as it turns out, he's a friend of the professor. Dr. Balthazar, Dr. Balthazar, it's happening again. Pauline, what's going on? A truck ran him off the road. There were steel pipes in the... It's not possible, Amy. It's just not. His whole chest cavity. Time of death. I'm sorry? This man's got no heart, half a lung, and nobody's called it. Did you even finish medical school? Dr. Balthazar. Miss Jennings, I suggest you get back to bed before I have you escorted there by security. But this man is alive. Amy, how do we stop a zombie? One. Amy. Two. Amy. What? I can't. What? Hear him. Ah! 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 Ah!